This is The Daily Takeaway. Fatboy Slim, a.k.a. Norman Cook. Uh, Norman Cook, a.k.a. Fatboy Slim. Good to have you on the show. How are you doing? Which came first, the chicken or the egg? That's a very good point. Yeah. A, a, a metaphorical, metaphysical and which, question. And which one are you speaking to today? I never know. <laughs> we neither. <laughs> How are you, my friend? I'm you good. okay? I'm good, thank you, yeah. Uh, you were just saying, uh, just before we started, that uh, you, you very rarely come in and do the rounds in London, so we're very lucky to have you here. Why, why is that? Do you prefer... What, what is your normal kind of uh, uh, modus operandi? Do you stay, stay by the coast, stay out of uh, trouble, that kind of thing? Yeah, I, I live in Brighton and I love it there. And, yep. um, and I, don't, I don't feel so comfortable in London. Yeah, which is fine. I mean, I'm kind of, it's, it's a very, it's like the big city, I'm a little boy in a big city kind of. Well, I mean, I grew up by the seaside. I grew up down in, in Devon. So I, I get what you mean sometimes when you come in, it's a little bit, no one talks to anyone and yeah, no eye yeah, contact. Yeah, I find it a little unfriendly. I just, I just find it a little, so it's not somewhere I hang, I hang out. I can I can totally get with that. And speaking of Brighton, congratulations on the success of Brighton Football Club. Thank you very much. At the moment, uh, and you, you're are you a shareholder? Is that what it is? Yeah, yeah. You helped um, them out during tough because they they've been very close to the brink a couple of times, haven't they? Yeah. Brian? Well, we we were shirt sponsors for nine years, so we had very um, very close t- ties. And yeah, I put some money in back in the bad old days when we were falling to bits. Yeah, so, and they've got an amazing yeah. stadium and everything now, haven't they? Yeah, they are yeah, the no, model. We're, we are just living the dream at the moment, living the dream. Yeah, and they're a good community club by all accounts yeah. as well, which is a great thing. Uh, so. Locally Locally owned. Locally, well, this is a good thing. Yeah. This is a good. I'm an Everton fan, so any 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 help. You wouldn't just lend us a bit of money, would you? <laughs> wouldn't buy the club, would you, Norman? I mean, say if the devil was to offer you a deal, right? You're never allowed to DJ ever again. Listen to any more music ever again, and uh, Brighton win the Premier League. Would you take that deal? Oh, don't put me on the spot. That's <laughs> like asking which of my children would I kill first. <laughs> But it's times are good in in terms of Brighton, which is great. And the and the win against Liverpool was an amazing thing to witness. You can watch match of the day. I don't watch match of the day when Everton lose, so I can't even remember the last time um, uh, I actually sat down and watched match of the day. Do you know what I mean? Uh, sorry, I'm, my daughter's thirteenth birthday party on Saturday. Uh, in my head just then when you were saying that. I was just thinking yeah it must have been great to have been there sadly <laughs> I wasn't there because it was my daughter's birthday party but you were keeping happy, a, keep, happy keep, birthday Nelly anyway keep, keep an eye on the score on your phone I imagine I was yeah yeah absolutely well listen you, you, you kind of remind me of Johnny Marr because you're one of those people who got involved in music at such an, a young age successful so early that can you believe the amount of things that you've achieved in your career because you, you've had you've almost like had four or five different careers in many ways yeah I mean I couldn't believe that, that I, having grown up loving pop music and, and watching Top of the Pops that one day I was on it yeah. and I was so you know it was just like oh my my dream has come true and now if you roll on sort of three four incarnations later and I'm still allowed to do this <laughs> I, still, I, still, I don't take it for granted there but who did you idolise because there's no one like you I guess when you were a kid to look up to in terms there's of the, no one like me <laughs> that, well, but DJ wise it wasn't I guess it wasn't a thing it's not been no, a thing I mean, that no long. DJing wasn't a thing I mean I I DJ'd all, but just because I was a vinyl junkie now and had had all the records. But DJing wasn't really a career. No, I, I, I. Uh, that was something I did as a hobby. Yeah. But to make to make a living, you had to be in a band. So, um, yeah, it's, my idols. I mean, Donny Osmond started me off. Oh, wow, I wasn't I was expecting eight, that. When I was eight years old, I yeah. saw Donny Osmond. <laughs> And he was playing crazy horses, and he had this thing that went, <laughs> which is sort of a lot like the noises I make these days. So, yeah, the, the, yeah no, that was the original thing. And then, but then, punk rock was my big influence. I was like fourteen when punk rock came out. Yeah, and that was just like anyone. You don't have to be a great musician to be in a band. It's about the, the spirit. Also, a kind of feeling of sort of rebellion and yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and independence, which which is still with me to this day. And so, did you start? You were your bass player to start with. Is that right? You played bass in the in my punk days. I was, you were drummer? I was drummer in the Drumming. first band and then I was the singer 
and then I was a guitarist and another one. But by the time I was actually playing professionally, I was a bass player, yeah. And do you still... I mean, I was a band, in a band Donkeys years ago and I've not played an instrument since I was in a band. Do you ever pick up instruments and play them much or not? I still... When anybody in my friendship group gets married or has a 40th or 50th birthday party, we do, we get the, a band together. Oh, do you? Yeah. And Amazing. I'm, and I'm always on bass, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So I, yeah, so no, and I, I love it, and I really do. Does it come I mean, flooding back to you when when you pick yeah. it up? It does. Yeah, I mean, musically, I love it, and musically, there's something that happens when you know a group of people in a room when you get that groove. You know, yeah. you've been sort of messing about, and then you lock in, and all of a sudden you sound good. Yeah, and you sound better than the, the sum of the parts of the people in the room, and that's a really powerful feeling. And which obviously I did, you know, in various bands like the House Minds and, and and Beats International and Freak Power, but. Obviously, I've, I've worked out over the years that I'm much happier just being a DJ or a producer and not having to be in a band. But it's lovely to go back to it and just remember that feeling. No, I bet, I bet. Without, I bet. without all the bad bits of drunk drummers not turning up. And well, this is what I was going to ask you because... Fights I'm, over girlfriends. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm intrigued by life as a DJ. I've just finished um, a documentary about the Happy Mondays and, and interviewed the band and talked about how being together in close proximity over a period of time, you know, it kind of splits all bands up in the end, doesn't it? They kind of get on each other's nerves a little bit. Then you would think, well, the, the antidote to that is to be, if you're a DJ, you're on your own, but we know, obviously, with Avicii, what happened there, where you can be an internationally renowned DJ and still be quite lonely in many ways. So what's the perfect balance between being on your own and, and being part of, like, a band? What, what's the best place to be, do you think? I think, <clears throat> I think where, if you've got a good team around you, yeah, uh, I think a, a DJ can be alone on stage, but they've got the backup of their team, like the, the production team and their management team. And I think as long as you've got a team around you, you feel like you're not on your own. Then, yeah. then it doesn't become lonely. But like I said, being in a band, there's so many like egos and musical differences, and, and so many things can go wrong that eventually it will. <laughs> at some point, it's going to destroy go. you. Yeah. Uh, and you featured uh, in one of my favourite music documentaries of last year, Woodstock 99, obviously that infamous set that you played as it descended into anarchy. I mean, what was that like? And I guess you've been, you must have played in some unusual situations in your career. I, I mean, I quite enjoyed it. Um, <laughs> you enjoyed it? I do, well, no, because the, the, the job of a DJ is to create some kind of mayhem. Yeah. It's to take people out of their normal lives and there's escapism and, and, and you know, collective euphoria. And so you are trying to engender a reaction out of the crowd. You don't want them just to stand there and go, hmm, that's a nice show. Clap, clap, clap. <laughs> yeah, well done. You want them to get involved and, and the more chaotic it is and the more free it is. I think maybe Woodstock took that right to the edge. I bet. When I was there on the Saturday, it was still all right. But on the Sunday, it kind of kicked off and went over the edge. But no, I, I thought we were teetering on the Saturday night, just on the right side of mayhem. Yeah, I love that. I love that. That. History may prove me wrong on that one. <laughs> and you, what, what I love about it, you said that you grabbed your records and, and kind of got out of there, which was an amazing thing. Is, is the record bag thing still a thing in modern DJing, or is it all on, on a USB stick now, Norman? I personally um, use a laptop. Right. Uh, so if I lost my laptop, it, it, but it wouldn't be as bad. If you lose your record bag when you're a DJ... You're in big, big trouble. Finished. Because you're going to spend in, an afternoon in a record shop just going, oh, God, have you got that one? Um, but no, I've, there's sort of things backed up on clouds and... All this stuff. You, I mean, most most DJs just turn up with a USB. Isn't that... Or maybe a spare, because they're really easy to lose. That's terrifying, though, isn't it? It's a USB. That can that can be in any any pocket or... Yeah, but having, lugged, having lugged very, very heavy flight cases full of records around for 30 years, yeah. I, I don't mourn it. But do you, do you miss the... I mean, you know, watched a couple of documentaries recently about 
like Northern Soul, etc., and the, the quest to find certain records. And is that is that gone now? Trying to find a particular bit of vinyl. That yeah, kind of I mean, there's, there's a lot. That's there's a lot. There is that. Yeah, that thing of and that thing of rarity. Like if you had it, you know, you would be the only person that had that. Yeah. Tune, or that knew what it was. You know, we used to do things like steam the labels off of the labels. Oh wow! Uh, so that no one knew what the record was, and all the other DJs were leaning over. It's like that's yeah. mad because I, I remember. I remember now, we, now everyone can Shazam everything you've got. They could have. They could have downloaded it by the time you finish playing. So there isn't that wow, idea of rarity. And I, I miss the B side. Yeah, because the B side used to be the time when the band would have some fun because they knew they got the A side. Sometimes the B side would be way more interesting, and great, some great hits are started as B sides. I tried to explain to my kids the concept of a B side. <laughs> Like, like, what, the other side of what? <laughs> yeah, there's no actual yeah. thing. No, it's a good point. I mean, you, you produced a couple of Blur records, but Blur, Blur's B-sides were, were fantastic. Uh, Oasis, well-known for having some bad yeah, well, they, B-sides they, they, they in the Yeah, they were in the bands having fun because yeah. they've done the, the difficult bit. Totally. So, uh, yeah, there's things that miss it, but, but they, they, there is so much good that has come out of, of, of the way that music is consumed nowadays. It's so much more democratic. And, and I watched my son... He's really into music now, and he can just follow threads of bands and, and, and producers and ideas and different styles of music. Before, we could never really listen to, you know, your big sister would tell you about Motown records, and you go, ooh, but you could never <laughs> afford to buy one, so you could spend all afternoon in the record shop waiting to hear one record. Yeah. So the idea that you've got the whole history of music at your fingertips, I think kids growing up now, they can explore the history of music and influences, and, and, and so it, it just brings it way, way more together, and it makes it more democratic. So you think more accessible now. Sometimes I feel like there's almost a bit too much choice, so it's a slightly uh, well, that's the dangerous that people take it for granted. Yeah, uh, and the idea that you know, I was horrified by the idea of streaming. It's like we well, don't even have to pay to you know. It's, yeah, it's just from an artist's there. perspective, that make are you do you hate it? I'm growing to live with it. Right. I'm going to... I still prefer... But, you know, I don't want to feel like, oh, it wasn't as good as the old no, days. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. there was a certain thing about in the old days you would... When you... By buying the record, you became part of the gang. You, you bought into the... Whatever band it was that you liked and, and, and liked wearing their T-shirt. It's like you you became part of it. It's like a tribal Whereas thing. if you don't it? have to pay... If you don't have to make any sacrifice to get something, you don't really feel like you're part of it. Yeah, it's like it's like when people came came up to you in the old days asking for autographs rather than selfies, and some of them would go, "I've got all your records," i.e., like I really do like you. Yeah, and it's like you can't say that anymore. No. It's like I have access to all of your records. It's like, well, so does everybody. <laughs> it's true. It's true. And also, I think that I, I don't again. I don't want to sound like an old old man moaning, but I used to listen to an I, album. I can feel like your younger listeners are, are switching <laughs> off as we speak. It's, it's it's worth making a point, but you know, people don't listen to albums the way they used to. You imagine you've put yeah. an album together with a. A start, a middle, and an end. There's no point there now, I guess. Yeah, I am. I, I am a, a middle-aged man, but I'm learning to embrace <laughs> and love this new, this new way of coming. No, no, it's, it's, it's. I mean, it's just, it's, 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 it's I suppose, a difference between listening to 78s and, uh, and 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 vinyl when we were when we were young. You've lost so. me on a spot of 78. What's a 78? I've never oh, heard right. of a 78. 78 were the, they were 10 inch uh, shellac records that were used on wind up records before they'd invented vinyl. Oh, right. I've genuinely never heard of that before. Oh, right. Well, they were the reason why, they, if you ever had a record player, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes the speed went on thirty-three, forty-five, but up to seventy-eight. No, literally, they were never basically to pay your granny's records. <laughs> <laughs> Dame Vera Lynn, we'll meet again, and all that kind of stuff. Hey, well, let's let's very quickly talk about the UK tour. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you, people can go and see you live, and I think uh, I've I've said this before. I think people need music more than ever before. So to go out and have a good time, go and see you play live. Yeah, that's the they... one thing that never doesn't change with technology: the idea that human beings like to congregate together, listen yeah. to loud music, and escape reality. For 
for a couple of hours. Completely, and you've got so many hits, and, you, and you, your music takes people back to such a good time. Uh, just released tickets for a gig at Liverpool Uni Mountford Hall. Yes. Uh, March 23rd, you can get your tickets for that right now. That's well, an extra date. Note, note the people who, who are moaning that we weren't playing in Liverpool. We listened to you. <laughs> we listened now to we're you. coming. Fantastic. And what can you promise people on this tour then, Norman? Uh, like I said, you know, come, uh, after coming out of lockdown, I think people realise that our need to commune and to, to connect over music. So, yeah, I mean, I just play some bits of my records and lots of bits of other people's, and we all get together with sound and vision and lose ourselves for a couple of hours. On the right side of chaos and anarchy. On like the right, on, the, on the, the loved up side of <laughs> chaos and anarchy. And, and this is a place that's close to my heart because I've DJed at, um, at the Shine On uh, Weekender Festival at Minehead Butlins many a time. You, you've got an amazing thing called the All Back to Minehead uh, Festival that you're doing, is that right? Yeah, yeah, very similar to the Shine Weekend. In fact, I think with the weekend after you, I think. Oh, amazing. Uh, uh, yeah, no, the idea of just getting 5,000 like-minded souls together, but not just for one gig, for a whole weekend. But it's like Amazing. an indoor festival, um, sort of, but driven by my sense of humour or my sense of mischief. It's great, and you can, you can have a night out and then go on, on a water slide the next day. Yeah. When can you normally do that? There's no babysitters, there's no oh. cabs home. It's just, it's just escape into the world of norm for a weekend. We did it last weekend, for the, last um, year, uh, for the first time, and I was just knocked away by the amount of love, lunacy and freedom that we managed to engender. Oh, man, that would be amazing. And also, as well, if you feel a bit sweaty and scared the morning after a big night, I can go for a walk on the beach and blow the cobwebs away in yeah, my head, which yeah. is a great thing. Fantastic. Well, listen, that's amazing. Uh, Norman Cook, thank you so much. Thanks for having us. This is The Daily Takeaway. Daily Takeaway.